welcome to Wonder Chaos. My name is Anna Gammons and I am joined by artist Kate Doherty and physicist and Nobel Prize winner Konstantin Novozolov. This podcast is where each week we explore a different topic from different perspectives to hopefully strengthen our understanding and our connection to each other and the world around us. And this week's topic is happiness. We're doing a fun one. (laughs) Um, Obviously, again, another huge topic. And I want to hear opening thoughts from you, Kostya, and you, Kate. So when I say happiness, what are you thinking? Well, what do I know about happiness? Right. And but I'm sure that I'm not only sure if it's possible to give a positive definition. We know what what happiness is not, uh, and there are many things which give us which makes us which make us happy for a time being. But I guess the one uh, if if we need one word definition, it would be uh, completeness rounded feeling when you are in complete control of of your of your life and what about you kate um well i was thinking that happiness is uh is now and uh and that it's uh i suppose uh, true happiness would be uh an eternal now without nostalgia and without any sensation of missing anything or hoping for anything in the future just living in the present fully. So the same as Kostya, I guess. I like that. I want to unpack both those things. Okay, well, first question, I think, is probably to define happiness as well as we can. Uh, what is happiness? How can we describe it? What What is it? How does it feel? <laughs> okay, can you go on this, please? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um I think maybe it, uh, it could be knowing yourself and being in harmony with your own spirit. Um there's I was looking through different sort of books and theories about happiness yesterday and there's of course an enormous industry of happiness now. Um I would imagine uh so, so there's there seems to be four uh things that these kind of self-help books um the stoics even um and all of these different philosophers um would seem to think that happiness is when um you uh are happy by yourself and so you you find uh, contentment inside your own being um and it's not therefore contingent upon other people uh which therefore means that you're okay even in an unhappy world so you can put you can take this happy person and put him in any circumstance and he'll still be able to find a sort of positive side to it and to uh be happy there um it's saying yes to all aspects of life so embracing all aspects of life and for sort of being in harmony with yourself and all of that sounds a bit like a sort of self help book which is um where i found all of these things because it's all about people looking for happiness and i think um uh i was talking about it yesterday with my uh children at table uh i've always had the idea that happiness is a sort of side effect of doing something else so, so, so happiness sort of surprises you um in a way so you uh you have a whole day without looking at the clock and just you know sort of making things in your studio and just 
singing aloud to yourself or whatever. And then suddenly you think, oh my God, I'm really hungry. And you go home and someone says, how was your day? And you go, oh, it was great. But you didn't really realize at the time. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's a particular sort of happiness, um, uh, independent, um, uh, loss of any feeling of time, content doing what it is that you're doing, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, happiness is linked to the absence of limitations, whether real or, or, or imaginary. It's the, it's the feeling that, that you are completely free and you are capable of doing, of doing anything. Uh, right now, immediately, you are not bounded by, by, by anything and you are, you, you can express yourself in, in the way you want and you can do whatever, whatever you want and you, and you always want it. And I think this, um, this completeness that you are in full control, uh, of your life brings, uh, bring, brings happiness. Of course, you can, uh, we can try to identify little things which, uh, makes us happy but but no but none of them individually can give you any prolonged happiness so it's it's really it's the combination it's the uh it's the all around things when when uh when you feel that the situation follows follows your your wish then then you then you start to be happy what about you anna I was just absorbed in what you were both saying. Uh, what is happiness? Uh, this is a really hard one, isn't it? Well, I don't think it's one of my questions was, is it a state of being or, uh, you know, can you achieve ultimate happiness, which I don't think you can. I think often when we're happy, we maybe don't acknowledge that we're happy. Like we don't notice it because we're so absorbed in what we're doing. We've achieved flow in what we're doing. And, um, and it's often afterwards that we know we were happy perhaps, but, um, I think happiness is contentment, I suppose. And Kostya, what you were saying about the different sort of spheres of your life being in sync and being um, reflective of your kind of ideals, I suppose. Also good fortune, isn't it? Because like, I feel mostly quite happy. Do you know, I just was born like that. Do you know? Well, there is Um, science behind that, which we're going to talk about, (laughs) interestingly enough, Kate. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And so that's really unfair, right? And um and it's completely um unintellectual. You know, it's like a uh a cat sitting on the sofa. You kind of it looks quite happy, but um but it's not got anything to do with anything that anyone's thinking necessarily it's just like you get up and you think oh cool and then you know i've got a few friends who i've started at last to try to avoid but you know who are constantly unhappy do you know and whatever it is that they're doing they've got a huge unhappy cloud and then it's followed around in a lot of small details as well you know like the princess and the pea and so i don't know what they're unhappy because i can't think what uh, they're studying to get into harvard and then they get into harvard and then they're unhappy because it's not what they thought it would be and then they get a boyfriend and then they're unhappy because their apartment's too small and 
then they're unhappy because they're trying to have a child and it's really difficult. And then they're unhappy because they're tired because they got a child. And, and, you know, and in the end, you're kind of like, oh, they just aren't happy, you know? And Kate, do you think that happiness is a choice? Ah, well, according to these uh, self-help books and the Stoics and things, it's a mental discipline, isn't it? Aristotle uh, would argue, and so would um, Mencius and Confucius, that happiness <clears throat> and virtue and benevolence and propriety and filial piety and all of these things are uh, ideals to which we should uh, aspire with through mental discipline, like like going to the gym and that if you can have the even a person who isn't essentially happy or virtuous can cultivate those qualities by just focusing on it in a in a disciplined way and actually i don't know about you costia but um i've had patches of my life where you know i felt really like deeply unhappy you know for various real reasons that weren't got nothing to do with, you know, me being depressed or having any kind of particular, but like really unhappy. And, um, and I got through them by having this, this, uh, this thing from Marcus Aurelius written on the fridge, I'd say, I'd say having a sentence from the Stoics written out on my kitchen refrigerator saved my life. What, what, what did it say? <laughs> Um, it said not to feel despondent or exasperated or defeated because your days aren't filled with wise and moral actions, but to get back up when you fail, to celebrate being a human being, however imperfectly, and to fully embrace the pursuit you've embarked upon. So I had that written on my fridge and then I wrote it on a lamp in the sitting room and I had it written out in my pocket and I looked at it every day for like maybe sometimes 20 or 100 times uh, for about five years and stopped me from being properly unhappy. I think I probably was quite unhappy, but it made me <clears throat> carry on. Okay. It was just a mental <laughs> discipline. Okay, but but I think that there is a problem with this because if you if you know what you are unhappy about, I don't think you you will you will ever be happy. It's like your friends, so they are unhappy about the small flat, or they are un unhappy about the particular university. You 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 can get a larger flat, and but it it will it will still be small in a certain moment. So I think. Yeah. Uh, focusing on solving little things, trying to make yourself happy. So, okay, I my my car is is the wrong color, and my kids are not going to to uh, are not bringing good good marks home. Just changing the car and getting extra lessons for for kids. I don't think it will it will change your your life fundamentally in terms of in terms no, of bringing happiness exactly. to you. those are just details really. i think i think, yeah. I think you would have to change entirely your your life attitude here and and say that life is as you uh, as it is and you have to take it and then and then maybe then the happiness will be will come but this is the stoicism. This is this is the message from my refrigerator and my coat pocket, which is just like 
How empowering <laughs> that, that happiness is a choice we can all make, regardless of our circumstance. Well, um, I should say that this is a theory, and it's much, much easier to say than to do. So uh, oh, at least, yeah. at least, I, I, I didn't manage to to follow this advice completely on myself. <laughs> so I can, I can easily put some theoretical background on, on it, but to give practical seminars, I don't think I, will, I can. But also, I mean, we can talk about being happy and the practice, the practice, the discipline of, uh, I suppose, sort of mental hygiene that keeps you happy. Um, but that's because we're not um, uh, disfigured. We haven't lost anyone we love, God willing. Uh, you know, it, all of these things are um, uh, external things that can make us truly unhappy um, and uh, and that we don't have. You know, the three of us here, we're, uh, we have no major reason that I know of to be truly unhappy. And that's something that really impressed me when I was um, making this tent uh, costume. This is this is part of the reason why me and Kostya got to be uh, such good friends is because uh, having these long conversations about um, about actually I suppose really happiness uh, Kostya um, because I was so impressed when I went around uh, refugee camps and uh, and came across people who were so uh, joyful to be alive you know um, because they. They, they, they had gone through so much and they were living in these terrible circumstances and were so incredibly, um, well, apparently, uh, <laughs> full of, full of, uh, appreciation for their life and living fully in the present. And, and of course, uh, um, that's all the more impressive for people who um, have gone through extreme difficulties and living in circumstances that I uh, wouldn't envy anyone. Um, and um, and so really changed my life because made me see that that's the, well, my perception <laughs> became that, uh, that that's the core of who we, each of us individually are. If you knock off all the crap about like the car and the hairdo and the uh, children's exams and all the rest of it, at the heart of each and every one of us, um, we're all the same and that we're all connected and that we have the same things that matter to us, which is, um, you know, our families, uh, faith, community, all of these sort of um, essential um, uh, aspirations, I suppose, that um, that we might have. Also, patience. Isn't patience a quality that perhaps uh, brings us happiness? If, it, if you aren't patient, for example, if you're lacking in patience, you're never going to be happy, right? Because, uh, because you're always going to be hoping that everything is right now. And, um, and so there's some things that are going to preclude happiness in, in the possessor of this quality. So for example, a bad temper, impatience, uh, uh, these are things that you can work on in order to become happy, perhaps. No, I don't know. Okay, but what you you didn't give us the the answer. So how those people from the tent found their found their happiness was it that they they learned that you need to live today this yes. moment and enjoy enjoy while while it uh, while you can because life is so un, so unpredictable. 
Mm-hmm. This was the thing. So when I um, uh, so I asked all these people, what was a message that they thought that people from who hadn't gone through those circumstances might like to learn from from their experience? Because I've always got this idea that we can learn from one another, and that um, uh, if and and that we can dignify suffering by learning from it. I guess that's part of who we are as human beings. And so even if, for example, um, these people are suffering in a way that hopefully we won't ourselves suffer, we can learn from their suffering um, and um, and bring that knowledge to uh, our own lives and hopefully to create a world in which there will be fewer of the people suffering from the circumstances that you've learned about, right? So that you can, and these, um, so it was like a sort of practical thing. And, um, and these, uh, uh, and the, most of the people who I said, they, who I met said that what they'd learned and what they'd like to share with people who were not refugees and hadn't lost their home and their identity and so on was to appreciate what we have and that our life is what our thoughts make it. So basically that's stoicism, right? That's, uh, and uh, those were the two things that people from all over the world, from Darfur, from Syria, from uh, the palace, from Palestine, from uh, every country that's uh, had um, problems with people who've become refugees, um, all of them had this root knowledge that they had come away with and learned, and that they wanted me to sh- to, to convey with this tent to people who weren't in their situation and actually it's very practical if you can appreciate what we have what you have that is a an enormous engagement to appreciate to truly appreciate what you have will bring you happiness you know if you just sit here thinking here I am in front of my computer with two really interesting people I like very much talking about a subject that's fascinating. I'm not hot. I'm not cold. Uh, my plant's still alive. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you just sit and appreciate all the things that you have, then you will be happy even if you have nothing. You talked. I heard Terry Waite on the radio the other day, who's the sort of slightly controversial English figure who was kidnapped by the PLO. And, um, and he was talking about being, um, uh, finding happiness when he was a hostage in the, in, in the Lebanon in the 80s uh, in solitary confinement for something like seven years. Um, and he found uh, peace and happiness inside himself. So, yeah, I mean, that's an illustration of that. Okay, I think that this is, uh, I would completely agree with you on, on, on this, that uh, is the, uh, it's the today what is matter, and you just need to try to enjoy what, you, what, you've, got, what you've got right now. But what about dreams? Do dreams make us un- unhappy because you always, you constantly worry that you might not achieve your dream? And then, uh, and the pursuing of the dream, because some, 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 some dreams can be very, very novel, right? So some people dream about, uh, about Bentley, but some dream, some people dream about the peace in the world. So, and what about, what about dreams? Can you, can you ha- have dreams and be happy? 
<laughs> I don't know the answer, but because because what you described is indeed very much true. That uh, just enjoying enjoying today with your family, with your with your friends is the is the happiness indeed. But then planning for the future and dreaming about something better. Well, this, according to the Greek, uh, the the Greek, so we were talking earlier about Penelope and Ulysses. So um, uh, Ulysses goes away for 20 years and all the time while he's away from Penelope, he's missing her. So he's got nostalgia about Penelope and Penelope's got nostalgia for Ulysses. And then um, at the same time, when they're away from one another, they're uh, having, they're sort of full of fantastic dreams about how wonderful it's going to be to be together and all the things that they're going to do together again. So this is hope, which according to a lot of um, interpretations of the ancient uh, mythology um, is a curse, right? Because it's um, it, it's a sort of salve to um, uh, make the everyday bearable for people who have no control over their own lives, right? They can hope for the future, but it's an illusion, right? It's a, um, it comes out of Pandora's box and is uh, uh, and is perceived by us now as something wonderful that comes out of the box to sort of uh, as a recompense for the um, for the rest of the terrible curses but at the time was perceived by many as the worst of all of them yeah because it's so dangerous hope uh, can destroy your life because you're always hoping for something that can never come true so Penelope and Ulysses have the first recorded instant of happiness together, which is when they meet after their long separation and they've um, and Penelope has recognized Ulysses because she 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 literally doesn't recognize him because he's so transformed by all of his terrible experiences uh, uh, away. And she says, uh, and she asks him a question. She says, um, uh, that only he knows the answer. So when they were, when they uh, got married, he made them a bed out of an oak tree. And, um, and this was their sort of wedding chamber. So anyway, she asks him, uh, this sort of trick question that only he would know the answer for. And, um, and when he gives her the answer, they, uh, that is correct they have the first recorded moment of happiness together when they hold each other in each other's arms and the past and the future have melted away and that they only have the present now. And this has a name in Greek mythology, which I don't know the name of, but, um, uh, and so, uh, therefore, according to, um, ancient Greek mythology, Kostya, um, dreams would make you less happy. I'm itching to talk about the science behind happiness, um, mostly because of what you, you know, you spoke about, Kate, about um, our actions and our circumstances and things like that. Um, and, and it's probably a good idea to disclose. It's, it's a very appropriate episode for me. I'm actually um, studying a course uh, from Yale University that's been made open called the science of well-being. It's actually the science of happiness. And it's essentially sort of challenges are misconceptions of the things that we think will make us happy and not actually the things that will make us happy it's it's kind of made by laurie santos she is the um the professor behind this but there is um 
there is a scientist, her name is Sonia Lebromsky, uh, and she says that 50% of our happiness is genetic. So Kate, that sort of would explain perhaps how you have a very sunny disposition, uh, regardless of what's going on, and you are just very happy. 10% is our circumstances. So for example, she says that if, you know, we have this fear as humans, that if we fall down and break our backs, and we are paraplegic, or some a loved one dies, or we lose our job, that we will be miserable forever, that that's just the end. Um, but actually, apparently 10% of our happiness is related to circumstance and the other 40% is our actions and what we choose to feel and how we choose to savor and have gratitude so actually there's a there's a genetic component but 40% which is a huge chunk is actually about how we choose to feel um i hope i've represented that in uh well but um, the science of happiness is fascinating, and and um, maybe maybe Costa, you can kind of and Kate speak about um, the, perhaps the biology behind happiness, and you know the oxytocin and the serotonin. And <laughs> I'm not sure that uh, that happiness simply uh, is, is simply given by the by the hormone levels, right? So of course we think that, that there might be some uh, some relations but but I, I don't think it is it is that simple so I probably would would agree that uh, there are three components or at least three components in the in the happiness that there is some something comes from um, from our uh, ancestors from the uh, from from the genetics there is uh, some circumstantial and 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 some uh, some psychological but uh, of course very difficult to put any 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 numbers but uh, in terms of um of our genetics um, i i don't think that there is simply the level of hormones the ex- expression of certain genes and that's it no, I think I think it's really it's uh, it, it, there are many more uh, components uh, which which would determine your your predisposition to be to be happy. It's uh, how how active are you? So whether you're you you would just sit sit back and observe things, or you would jump into the uh, into the uh, means of, of of events and 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 uh, be an active participants. There are many other things, but I think this uh, this component does exist. How to measure it? I have I have no clue. Definitely not by the by by the level of or by the expression of of of, of some genes. When the when the gods had quote happiness so once the once the olympian gods had sort of vanquished uh, chaos and the sort of titans um and established sort of peace and harmony uh on mount olympus they um and they were drinking ambrosia all day and everyone loved each other and it was great the the problem arose of boredom um, and that's how mankind uh, was created, where uh, the two brothers, Prometheus and his brother, whose name I can't remember, were sent off to uh, create living creatures as a as an entertainment, like as a distraction 
for the gods from their sort of harmonious uh, existence together where there was no discord and no disillusionment and no disappointment and so on. And they, um, uh, so the animals were created with a sort of perfect balance. So each animal um, that was has a has a has a function. So bees make honey. Cats, I don't know what catch mice. Uh, they have uh, qualities and uh, and 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 weaknesses. But in and amongst one another, they 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 and they each have a special quality as well. So like the tortoise has got his shell. Um, uh, the the birds they could be caught by the mouse, but they by the cat but they've got wings you know there's always a sort of get out clause and they all live in harmony and um and balance amongst one another and that the only creatures that have no specific function by the very nature of their freedom because they're free all the time to choose to be whatever they want to be and this is an enormous uh, privilege but also a great responsibility and so man's essential um, nature has no particular calling they have to we're we're invited to um, uh, imagine to get to know ourselves and to imagine our own calling and and purpose in life and not all of us do and so happiness is this kind of uh, a illusion and b a sort of I feel like it's a kind of modern tyranny. You know, you look at like people in their relationships that people, for example, everyone's getting divorced, whatever, expecting so much from other people and, um, uh, and so much kind of perfection that is kind of portrayed to them in the media that makes them feel inadequate or whatever or they're like oh you know I don't like my husband anymore because I don't find him interesting or he's uh, not like this or like that or whatever whereas actually um, uh, if you look at the sort of root of who we are as human beings we should all, we all exist for the happiness of one another and that putting too much weight on any one particular person or section of humanity is going to end up creating unhappiness um, because it takes away our freedom maybe and um, and so I found that to be uh, quite interesting this idea of the freedom to choose our individual path to happiness uh, sets us up for a fall right us human beings wouldn't you say well I'm, I'm not sure if that that's we actually need to search for happiness all the time. Whether uh, exactly, yeah. is it is it really um, our our task, our goal as as human beings to to search for happiness or even to be happy? And it's uh, it's nice to, to be happy, but is it is it really what we should what we should be doing? You know that they say that poets poets need need to be hungry, right, uh, to to produce something. And if you if you look at the uh, some of the best minds and and the, and artists and 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 writers, they quite unhappy. Many of them were deeply unhappy, or at least at least how they would portray to to us. Maybe somewhere deep inside. They would be they're happy, but we don't know about this. But they are they they they're probably uh, at least what they how they appear they 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 appear very 
unhappy. And you know, there is, and there is actually uh, a scientific background for, for this because there is a so-called um, Erkus Dotson law in, in psychology that you need uh, a certain level of uh, of anxiety to <laughs> to to be productive. Right. So yeah. not 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 too much, but uh, I'm sure that you need to doubt everything, doubt yourself, and to be to be to be productive. And there is actually one um, one very famous quote from Andersham. Uh, I know, Kate, you, you know this the, the this yeah. poet, and um, I mean he, he had very difficult life, of course. Uh, though I would. I would hope that happy. So he was, uh, he com- com- communicated with some of the best minds of his time. And, um, uh, once, uh, to the exclamation of his wife, why I was so unhappy, he asked, who told you that you, you, you destined to be happy? Nobody, it's, it's not a, pre- a prerequisite of life at all. So, do you think we need to be? Uh, I'm I'm happy that okay that pe- that people whom you met in the tent they 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 feel happy. But is it is it even moral for us to, to be happy when we know that those th- those those people exist in the tent? Exactly. Yeah. And people like uh, uh, Theodore Adorno and the Hamburg School and so on say it's impossible for an intelligent human being after the Second World War to, to, to claim to be happy or to even to aspire to be happy on an individual basis when um, man has uh, created the Holocaust. And, uh, and it's true. You know, I, um, I, I find it quite amazing that uh, we can go about being happy when there's exactly 68 million refugees uh, in the world at the moment, the number's going up every day, that um, uh, people are being tortured right now. I don't know how many wars there are going on at the moment. Apparently, there was a a momentary lack of war during the pandemic just now. There was an article written by somebody (laughs) who worked for the United Nations (laughs) <laughs> that uh, peace broke out during the coronavirus <laughs> briefly, um, uh, but that didn't seem to bring much happiness to to anyone either. It's uh, the 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 lack of a war doesn't mean that there is uh, happiness. Maybe happiness has got something to do with love. No, so um, maybe if you look at sort of um, uh, organized religion, so the Dalai Lama, uh, his people write books on happiness, which are to do a lot to do with mental discipline. It's in this. Um, it, it would seem to me, um, and uh, for example, Christianity um, promises immortality, which is supposed to be. An equivalent, you know, like happiness, right? The uh, immortal uh, peace and uh, contentment awaits us, as it were. Um, and that's why it's worth getting through this bit so that you can have salvation and, uh, and eternal life. Something that is supposed to exist, at least. It's held out as an ideal by all the major religions. Um, but then the Greeks, and, the Greeks said that they, that got boring. <laughs> well, 
I think it's really interesting, uh, Costa, your question of is happiness even the goal? We've kind of assumed as human beings that the goal is to be happy. Um, perhaps it's not, perhaps. But then that also ties into the idea of like uh, looking at our um, experiential self versus our narrative self. Do we want to have good experiences in the moment and be happy in the moment? Or do we want to build a narrative for ourselves that we can look back on and then and then be, be proud of, perhaps? And that is happiness. Really, really interesting. Kate, what you said about, um, you know, can we even be happy? And Kostya, can we, should we even be happy? Do we have the right to be happy when there's so much in the world that is uh, is terrible and, and we should be fixing? But then doesn't that, is that not disrespectful to not be happy if we have the chance to be? Is that what human beings, is that not the hope that human beings need? Do you think it is quite noble to be happy for for some for someone? I mean, it's uh, it's not it's not always always possible, but I, I'm sure that what uh, among things which which make me happy is the uh, success of my of my kids. I don't know whether, whether they they just done some very good uh, uh, very good turn on in a football match, or they 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 just wrote a nice a nice poetry. Uh, it 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 make, it makes me unbelievably happy. I mean, not sure even why. Um, and it, and it's not even the, proud. The point about I, your not... children, for example, Kostya, might be also just their existence makes you happy. So oh, you're probably just as happy. But your kid wakes up and your your beautiful girls. You wake up and come into the room and say, "What's for breakfast?" Don't you find that you're just really happy? You know, like whoa. Look at that. Do you know, so it's not necessarily that they've done some great thing, but it's just the fact that they're there with their being. Or are you uh-huh. sort of uh, you uh, have ambitions? Uh, yes, I, I would say it definitely makes me happy. It makes me even more happy if I say, yes, we have a choice for breakfast. So if, if, <laughs> if we have an empty fridge, I would be a little bit, feel, feel a little bit sad. Sorry, sorry to bring <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah that's uh but at least at least there are there are um circumstances when i'm when i'm not uh i don't feel uh ashamed to be happy that's for sure <laughs> but this is um uh i'm just looking here because we have this we're sort of condemned to liberty we always, you could also just choose to not accept uh, your calling, for example. So Kostya, you could just decide that you're through with science and that you don't want to be in your lab anymore and that you want to become a racing car driver. Um, and uh, I like the way you looked really serious then. You're like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking already, so just <laughs> what, what exactly promotes this, and and how would they fulfill your your expectations, Kate? <laughs> <laughs> but possibly because you're not fulfilling, you're you're free to make that choice, but you're not fulfilling perhaps your the, the promise of your education and your uh, uh, your your accomplishments. Skills? So far, yes, exactly. Your skills. So, um, so you can have a sort of discord, right, between uh, because you're free between what you 
what what might seem to be an obvious path towards self-fulfillment, which you could, I suppose, perhaps associate with happiness, whether you're aware of it or not. Because there's also this idea of you could be happy. Lots of the people who I met in these uh, refugee camps, they said, had I realized I would end up here, I would have been, I would have made the decision to have been much happier then. <laughs> do, 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 do you see? It's a really interesting point. Um, and uh, because you can, when you're in something, you don't, you're not necessarily aware of it, right? Um, these could be the best years of our life. And, you know, right now the ceiling could fall in on my studio and I'm gone. And so that might make me feel more happy. I don't know if that's like an irrelevant point. But I think that this idea of, uh, of, of freedom is intimately associated with happiness and that um, there has to be some sufficient wisdom and self-knowledge inside the individual to propel them towards the, as it were, right path for them. I'm not suggesting, Kostya, that you might not become a fantastic racing car driver. Um, Okay, I think I think uh, uh, I completely agree with you, and that's at least it's difficult to say what what makes you happy. But I think this roundness and and the freedom and and the uh, and the breadth and the wealth of of opportunities uh, makes you happy. But uh, I see when any of those opportunities close up on me. I feel I feel unhappy. So, uh, gosh, I really want I wanted to do to be a, a race driver, but now I'm too too old and too fat to to to, to do it. So, it's, uh, so that that definitely makes me unhappy. There is also science that suggests that too much choice makes us unhappy with the choice we've made because we are constantly there's a, there was a scientific experiment um did you ever go to the body worlds exhibition either of you no. No. uh in london it's actual human beings um that have been preserved and put on display i actually went to see it in amsterdam uh, and that was about the science of happiness and and kind of the physiological side and the brain chemistry and how and how that works and um it, <laughs> they said that if you are given a choice of uh three chocolates and you can have one of those chocolates you will be fairly happy with the choice you've made of three and you've made the choice to have one if you're given no choice and you're just given a chocolate you will be unhappy but the most unhappy is when you are given 50 chocolates and you have to choose one you're you're more unhappy than if you had no choice because you are now constantly thinking did I make the right choice I had this choice and I could have done that and I should have done that or which is interesting I think no, no it, it, it's it's choice but it, it's also uh, it's also the freedom because because it's the, it's our nature to explore things and if you are not allowed to explore you just given one and one point out of 50 tells you tells you nothing it's really it's because um, uh, it makes you it makes you unhappy. I mean, I, I'm not trying to to pretend that I I understand this experiment and trying to explain this, but uh, at least uh, I'm sure that there is uh, that there is some rationale behind. But for example, there's a really interesting thing about not just choice, but um, inclination, as it were. So, for example, I really like people who are really curious and sort of 
pack in millions of things in their day and uh, and are always out for experimentation is something that I really like about uh, both of you two is that for example, you're up for doing this podcast. Kostya, I love uh, every time it's like, oh, now I'm com- I've tried to compose some music and I don't know what. I've tried out synchronized swimming and it's my new drawing. And if I say, oh, let's write on a space rocket, you know, Kostya's like, yes, good idea. I'll call the guy, whatever. There's, um, and so that's something that, uh, that, that that is very engaging and it's a and I think it's a it's an energy that's that would seem to be a quest for discovery possibly one of the side effects for that is happiness not just in you but in other people because it's like seeing a dolphin in the waves of the sea you know it's like there is a dolphin being a dolphin you know there is a curious person with a certain amount of you know opportunities that we all have really in front of us, you know, every one of us could try to write a book or make a podcast or mess around in a lab. Not that I'm suggesting that you're messing around in a lab, but, and, um, but you have done those things. And so it's enjoyable and, and brings happiness to other people to see other people, um, engage with life no and that that you that we all have the same freedom we all have the same amount of hours in the day but but we enjoy spending time and hearing about people who do these things uh, with some result um, and commitment and I think that's something that's very nice about human beings is that we do celebrate and enjoy other people's endeavors and um uh and i think that's something that um uh, that we can't help you know if you look at the media which everyone you know including me you know i get annoyed with it sometimes but really you know like i rejoice when i read that um I don't know what, that they've discovered a new black star. And I kind of think, wow, you know, like we did that, you know, we, uh, you know, we collective human race, you know, wanted to find out about this thing. And then we set out to, to, to do so. And then we have, you know, and like rejoice. And that's really great. And that's, uh, that, that discovery is thanks to, the whole collective of human nature, right? So the guy, so me sitting here in my little studio, uh, I had absolutely nothing to do with that discovery, but it affects my um, perception of the world and puts a spring in my step and uh, and might mean that I do something useful too. We're, we bring each other up, whether knowingly or not, um, through our own endeavors, wouldn't you say? Uh, it's uh, certainly true, and that's what we try to talk uh, to talk about before. That probably this uh, this hunger and the and the and the appetite uh, for for knowledge is is not uh, is not only our our habit, but it's it's a per, it's a per exhibit for uh, for the for the whole human existence um which and it's really it's really great that it, it makes it makes us us happy 
because that's it's it's one of the one of the driving forces behind this. And also making things real, like for example, me and Kostya, we uh, we had this idea of doing a you know we were just like having a chat about wouldn't it be fun to do a book like a kind of cadavre ski with a it starts with a story and we get the students of singapore university each to write a sentence that would become a novel so we go oh wouldn't that be a fun idea but and that's fun that's like makes you happy even to have that kind of a sort of pointless stupid conversation but what makes for example uh, me happy about that conversation is then that that does so then Kostya goes and makes a phone call and it actually happens i think there's an enormous uh happiness in the freedom to make manifest ideas and that's something that's really nice about human creativity is that we're always looking for new things to do however pointless and that if we can make them real then a side effect of that would be a happiness well that, that's actually brings us to to another topic uh all this uh happiness for the humanity can do you think a person can be happy on his own just imagine that you think all my dreams are um enough food and good food good wine a car and a flat if you're given all this without without human communication do you think anyone anyone at all could be could be happy because it, it feels like even though the happiness is very very personal thing and we we said that it's you you can train yourself and force yourself to be to to be happy um but it's still it, it's still very societal can, can you be happy on your own just alone I am very happy by myself. I'd say like seven hours a day. Okay, I'll just, then... I'm leaving. It's just where is the end button? <laughs> not, not to disturb you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love being by myself. I really, really do. And it's one of the problems that I have with like being on holiday is uh, that I can't. I don't have that time to be by myself, which I just really enjoy. You know, like uh, I don't know about you. Anna. Isn't that because you know your time is is your time alone is finite though? Yes, you exactly. Have a certain amount of time, so you appreciate it and have gratitude for that time because you know that when you get home, there's going to be people asking you to do things, and you're pre- pre- prepping lunches, and you're doing all these things. And yes, exactly. So, so that's probably we're running out of time a little bit. But one thing I wanted to get to really quick. Well, f- firstly, I wanted to say that Kate, what you were saying about um, what makes you happy, I think is very Kate specific and very Kostya specific. Um, there's a uh, M- Martin Seligman makes a very strong argument. He is a uh, psychologist and he says that we have to do things that pertain to our certain skills. So for example, Kate, your skill might be curiosity. And that is a, that's actually one of my skills as well. So when I do things like uh, try new foods or um, go to new countries, that fulfills for me, that makes me happy because one of my skills is is curiosity, um, which is interesting. I don't think that's the same for everyone, but the fact that you can both manifest um, your skills and your creativity is probably one of your other skills. So he says that living a full life, living a happy life requires you to act on your certain skills of your personality. But I had two questions before we go. One of them, which I'm dying to hear about, is do you both think that you can just achieve happiness or do you think that you can and then it changes and then you can achieve happiness again 
Is it just a state that we're all aiming to be at? Is that possible? No, I think happiness is life and it's and it's changing uh, as the, as we live our life so it, it always exists in present and it, it always exists in uh, in uh, new circumstances but and first of all it's very difficult to achieve happiness uh, separate question whether we should be or not but uh, but it is it is difficult to to achieve happiness but i think the true happiness can be eternal because it's not uh, a set of things it's not a, a set of a set of condition it's your is the is the state of mind which can which can be prolonged and can adapt itself to the to the new reality of life and I have this thing about um, love. So I think um, uh, that we have inside us an infinite amount of love to give and that we need to find ways. It's almost like a sort of um, a never-ending kind of fountain of love that we have inside of us and that we have to kind of like pull it out and send it out and kind of almost just pour it out. We, we, we need to find things into which we can invest and pour our love. And if we don't have an outlet for that, this sounds like a sort of negative thing that I'm saying, then we might be less happy. So I think um, uh, we have, uh, I've, I learned something about happiness from, it sounds really weird, like, having this completely one-way relationship with my son's cat, yeah? So I love this cat. This cat absolutely just does not care about me at all. I know that, yeah? But uh, <laughs> but whenever I see this cat, I'm really happy and I give it little treats and I play with it and, you know, and I'm like, uh, it's me and this cat in this, like, total bubble of happiness, yeah? Um and the point isn't whether or not there's any reciprocity in this relationship. But if you took this cat away from me, I would be bereft and uh, sorry because uh, this cat is an outlet for my for my love. And so same thing with my work. I love doing my work and I love kind of like doing all of that. And, blah, blah, blah. and so it's just and, and it's just it's sort of like um like taking the bin out in the morning, <laughs> you've got to get rid of it. And then that will, that even that, not get rid of it, but like, uh, get it out of yourself. Channel. You have to channel it. And maybe that's some sort of happiness, um, is just sort of finding people and things and places to give your love to, I might say. What a lovely way to finish up. I'm going to ask you both one final question just to summarize. And that is to what are a few things that make you both happy? Kate, can you start? (laughs) (laughs) My one-sided relationship with the cat. No, I suppose what really makes me happy is when I have uh, is, is love and friendship in all its manifestations, you know, and it can be, uh, if you get back, getting back to the Greeks, I don't know why we keep talking about the Greeks, but they, the, the, the Greeks, if you look at the definition of love, every relationship that we have with any uh, living creature is 
a is a is a form of of love and um and i'd say uh, therefore any kind of uh, relationship that um that you can find some uh, any yeah love family friendship and general human beings i find make me happy i think it is i think it is opportunities when we when we have many of them when you see that that you 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 still have a world to 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 explore and you are completely unbounded by by anything or maybe even opportunities which you see in your in your kids um so all those opportunities together uh, unbounded again makes me happy but you see i think that what you just said is the same as what i just said you just called it something else I think what we've all said is kind of connection make us happy, which is very appropriate, guys, because we're going to finish up there. That is all we've got time for. But we do want to connect with you because it makes us happy, quite frankly. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. So please do write to us. You can write to us at wonderchaospodcast at gmail.com. If you have suggestions for topics, questions, you just want to chat to us, give us some feedback, tell us what makes you happy. We're all is. And thank you so much for listening to Wonder Chaos. We will see you very, very soon. And goodbye. Bye. Bye.